Hello and welcome to Table Manners New York. Oh, we'll just wait for the siren to go. In your own time. I'm really excited about this guest. I know you are, darling. She, oh. <laughs> it's like a really attention-seeking siren. <laughs> anyway, I'm so excited about this person that's coming on the show today. She has the seminal book. Now, hold on, I'm gonna get the bits wrong. It's Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Her book is amazing, and it's basically a kind of Bible and a science lesson in one about the, those four components being all you need to understand to be able to cook well. She will probably say this much better than me. Her name is Samin Nozrat. I'm probably saying it terribly, so I'd like- Where do you think she's from? I think she's of Iranian like Armenian descent. or, oh, Iranian. Yeah. She grew up in um, California. I, so I really liked the book and I was really interested by it. And then the Netflix show came out. Honestly, she's the most enthusiastic person I've ever seen try anything. Everything she puts in her mouth, she's kind of, she does more gestural kind of faces, facial expressions than me. And I just think she's so lovely and enthusiastic and is a perfect person to be able to teach somebody is she about. A, is she a cook or a baker, do you think? I think she's everything. She's she's a chef. Mm, proper chef. She's trained Has at she got Chez I don't think so, but I'm sure she will be. She's a professor, I think. She she teaches, I, I want to say Berkeley, but we'll ask. And she's now got this hit Netflix show, which is so beautifully done. It's four episodes. You should absolutely watch it. Um, I feel like anybody I've recommended it to has fallen in love with her. So we managed, because I, I thought she was in New York, because I think she, she's a New York Times um, columnist, food columnist. So I was like, oh, she lives here. She doesn't. So I don't know how we've managed to, it's serendipity. Serendipity. Um, she's coming at four o'clock. So we didn't want to kind of do anything too heavy, but we wanted to kind of implement her theory. Now, I thought you had to have the heat the salt and the fat and the acid all in one thing to make everything really good. I've later learnt you don't. She's just talking about different ways of cooking. I've done walnut fig and gorgonzola tarts. Mm, little tartlets. Little tiny tartlets. And Alex has made pistachio scones. Mm -hmm. And you've done macerated... Uh, macerated strawberries and lime juice with a little bit of lime zest and some brown sugar. And we've got some mascarpone we've, yeah, with vanilla. Yeah, we've whipped some mascarpone. So it's basically a kind of take on an afternoon, afternoon tea. And we'll have it with a cup of tea. Yeah. And we'll sit down for a chat. Yeah. Samin Nosrat coming up on Table Manners New York. Nosrat. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. Wow. Look at you. Is, is that... it that? With a... um, no, it's not even. Really. Only you could. <laughs> okay. Samin Just... Nosrat, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. I for don't know me. how we bag bank this because I honestly am so excited about this because 
yeah, your, your book she read is, the book, well, yeah. the, the book is sensational and I've been enjoying the Netflix um, program so much and I feel like everyone needs to, I feel like everyone is, no, pe- people when we've said our like lineup of this week, people have been the most yeah. excited hearing yeah. your oh, that's awesome. Like people are obsessed with you. It's very overwhelming. Star. It's very weird. Is it? It's super weird. I mean, but you, you, you must have gone through this too. Where you're some nobody and then suddenly you're so, quote unquote nobody and I, then you're suddenly somebody. I guess somebody. mine isn't on the same scale as you where you get a Netflix program. Yeah, I think. Because you yeah. were, people maybe didn't know what you looked like when it was your book. They yeah. did so well. It was a bestseller. Yeah. But now the TV show must now. And I think the power of Netflix is crazy because it's yeah. like global and it's, you know, mm-hmm. it goes live immediately in t- almost 200 countries yeah. simultaneously. Yeah. And so it started the next day. Like the thing started, the people recognizing me started the next day. And I, I, I guess I, I'd like to think that people that are recognizing you are kind of nice, oh, they're friendly really people nice. because they're watching like, a cookery show. And they yes. like food. Yeah, they love exactly. food. Everybody is, is like, I think, I feel like I know you and they want to give me a hug. What's more the matter? Me. Yes, me too. Okay, more and more. Sorry, I was, okay, oh, I'm so glad you wanted yeah, more tea. Jesse does I do it. it like builder's tea. We call we, it we've builder's got tea. A, we've got a, th- in England, builders always have tea that is so dark. Because they need to their caffeine. I don't know yeah. what it is. Yeah. It must be. Is but that, that's perfect. Would you like some sugar? Nothing. Okay, fine. There we go. Wow, this is amazing. Um, right, Should so so, so kind of it happened straight after that. When did it premiere? October 11th. So it hasn't been long. No, a month. Yeah, a month yesterday. And life has gone crazy. I mean, my life is the same. It's just people have gone crazy. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Are you from, are you from New York? No, I live in, so I was, my parents are from Iran and they yeah. moved to California in the mid seventies. And then I was born there. Is that before the show? Right before the revolution. Yeah. yeah. And then I was born in 1979 yeah. in California. So I'm, and I still live there. I grew up in the South of California, San Diego, right by the Mexican border. Mm-hmm. And then in 97, I moved up to Berkeley near San Francisco to attend university. And what then, were you reading there? English. And then I actually did my year abroad in London at King's College. Oh, wow. So, wow. Yeah. And so I have like a little soft spot for London. <gasps> yeah. And it's now one of the best restaurants. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's still spring. Yes, you know about I, spring. I know. Yeah. And yeah. what's so crazy is when I lived there, it was 99. And, you know, also I was on a student budget and I wasn't a cook yet. I wasn't a food person yet. So I remember Wagamama was kind of new. That was really <laughs> exciting. I loved it. And, um, I ate a lot of like shrimp sandwiches from um, Pret-a-Manger. Oh, like prawn cocktail yeah, ones and yeah. prawn mayo, yeah. <laughs> but other than that, like the food was not that great. And now London is one of my favorite places yeah, really? to eat. Somebody was just texting me, he's in London yesterday, and he's like, oh, we're at Roti King. And I was like, go to Dishoom, go to Braun, go to Rochelle Canteen. I was like, these restaurants, I mean... When I go to London, I just eat. It's so good. It's it so good. well. That's so yeah. nice to hear because I feel like California's got some really brilliant spots. We do. I mean, and certainly in the Bay Area where I, you know, have lived yeah. there for 20 years and where I learned how to cook. I think in terms of agriculture, it's one of the best, probably the best and most fruitful places in the world, literally. And Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but I love going to see what other people are cooking. And what's cool is for us, our default in California is sort of California Mediterranean, you know, like this kind of like pastas and pizzas and mm. like Italian stews and stuff. But I feel like you guys, because of just your, the, what I noticed in London was there's so much more sort of, um, 
facility for cooks to go into the Indian kitchen, mm. to go into the Southeast Asian kitchen, and also to go, I feel like there's a there's a connection between Britain and Spain in a way that we don't necessarily have. Our our default is usually you've French got, and Italian in and California. Also, but you've got Mexico. Yeah, we have Mexico. And yeah. so like when I go out, you go out to eat like Moro. With a little, oh, oh my best. god, so good! The best. Moro is so good. But and Morito, yes, yeah, yeah. Otolenghi. and Otolenghi. And so there is a way. I think we have parallels, but we just sort of like veer in slightly different directions. So it's really exciting for me mm. because I've been eating the same food for twenty years, you know, and I've been working with the same cooks, and it's just nice for us to be inspired mm-hmm. by other people's food. But you and see, I think Middle Eastern foods had a renaissance. I agree. I agree because of Otto and Lange. I think Otolenghi is a big. Yeah. I I got to just do two events with him last week. Did you do for his in book? California? Yeah, and okay. I got to do two. He's I, so he's the nicest. Lovely. So lovely. He just makes you feel like you're the most special person mm-hmm. on earth. He really does. And yeah, he makes you feel so good. Yeah, and we had these two conversations, and at the end of the second one, we were on stage, and I just was like I just want to make a point of saying you know I grew up with all these ingredients in our home like orange flower water and pomegranate molasses sumac sumac (laughs) that were so normal to us and it was a part of our cooking Mm. and then I learned how to cook in western European kitchens where there wasn't necessarily like a curiosity or an interest Mm. in the flavors of my homeland but Otolenghi made those ingredients and those flavors sort of he introduced them into the global lexicon and that's something worth a lot you know I, I I think he doesn't get enough credit for that let's talk about your family and cooking in your family and how that was dinner time and who was your mother was the the main cook or yeah. did your dad cook too no pretty much it was my mom and you know my mom didn't have a job so like that it really was her job was raising yeah. three kids and shopping I say I always joke that shopping for the groceries and we spent 40% of our childhood in the back of the car, driving around Southern California, looking for the right ingredients that tasted oh, like hell. Iran, that reminded my mom of home. And so, you know, just the right kind of feta cheese or flatbreads or, you know, we would drive all the way to the Asian market to get all the fresh herbs because Iranian oh, really? food has so many herbs in it. Yeah. And um, she was an incredible, I mean, she is an incredible cook. And she spent so much of her time, like, getting ready to cook and cooking for us. And she, we grew up eating, you know, every night there was a different Persian rice at the table, like mm. this beautiful, like mound of steaming rice, the Persian crispy rice, the taddy, mm. yeah, the yogurt, a salad, you know, stewed meat. And so usually a typical Iranian meal is either plain rice with tadig and then a side of a choresh, which is like a stew, mostly with herbs and vegetables and like some few pieces of meat. Or or sometimes the rices have other things built into them, like there's herbed rice. Or my favorite as a kid was the lentil rice yeah. oh, with raisins, yeah, which yeah. I loved a lot. And my the mom barbary would make ones, are yeah, good, the barbary really one. yeah. sour. Today yeah. I was just thinking, this is not your holiday, but I was just thinking the barberry rice would make really good Thanksgiving side because mm. it's like these sweet and sour little berries. Yes, which barberries are like wild cherries. 
cherries. Tiny. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. bit like cherries. Yeah, but where they're do you so get tart. Them? You have to buy them at the like Middle Eastern yeah. store. Yeah, you can get them in Peckham at the Persepolis. Yeah, Persepolis. Yeah, Persepolis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Persepolis. Now I feel like because I, I I feel like I know you a little bit, but I feel like if you want to have a little oh, yeah, bit I of do. banana bread with your there's, cup of tea, honestly, I do. Oh, I have one that has like a huge chunk of chocolate. Oh, in good. There's one. There's over there. There's um. Oh, like figs and blue cheese. Yeah. Yes. Okay. With walnuts. Oh yeah, great. So you just and have give, what you want because thank I, you, I will. It, it gives me such pleasure get, seeing you happy do you want eating. The, shall I get bits? the mascarpone out? Yes. yes it's yes, like sure. you read my mind because I was like, what no, do I, I, get to I eat? felt like you needed to, and it means that I camped out too. Um, just help yourself. So oh, thank you. you. Anything, okay, I'm thank have you. A little bit of that. Oh, I want one of that too. And but, um, see, I knew it. She's she's our kind of girl. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. Would you like one? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Do you want a scone? Um, Alex will be very now pleased. I, um, do okay. you want to pass some what? strawberries as oh, well? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, mum said that I shouldn't do it like this, but I, um, uh, you weren't up for the macerated uh, strawberries. But I was oh. trying to like, apply the oh, acid. You did. You really did apply the acid. I was so really good. trying for you. You did such a good job. Well, um, I mean, whatever. It is what it is. I'm just like, I, but I think I misinterpreted it. So Why? I was like, well, when it was like heat, fat, well, I'm doing it in the wrong order, but I was like, you must have that in every dish oh. and then I was like fuck where's the fucking heat like I don't have the heat in this so I oh sorry I could put chili I guess but then and no. so yeah I think I've been like basically <laughs> so then I was like mum we should do something with like sweet anyway I, yeah I, I think I've been taking it all a bit too literally you're very serious you're a good student well it's I'm trying but I do think your book <laughs> is really brilliant for people that maybe aren't competent cooks like the fact that you generously offer like examples of how to dice a carrot and things like that and I just think that like for lots of people people take it for granted but lots of people may not mm. yeah. know how to do that I stuff th- yeah I mean to and me, the cups of rice I liked that. oh I like that, that one is so helpful what's funny is the other day I followed I was with my friend and we were making rice and she followed the instructions on the bag rather than what I had in my head yeah and the rice didn't work, and I was, and and then the next day I was with, oh, I went to the Bon Appetit magazine test kitchen, uh-huh. and they were cooking with the same rice that we had ruined the night before. Yeah, and I said, is it just me, or does that rice never cook up right? And he said, no, it works fine for me. And I said, do you follow the instructions on the bag? And he said, oh, never. Like you have to follow the ones in your head. <laughs> and it, was, it even gave me confidence to just do what I know mm-hmm, in my mm-hmm. gut is the right thing, you know. And so sometimes you're like, but it said so on the bag. It must be right. Sometimes recipes <laughs> and just so, don't work. And so, totally, yes. totally. And it's nice to sort of give people the, like, I don't know, freedom to know that that's, sometimes it's not their fault. Mm-hmm. And also to realize that you have to use your common sense. And I, I think macerated, that. I don't even know if Yeah, they're very good. nice, yeah. Thank you. They are good. It works, darling. Mum and I... We argue um, about everything. We argue every About every food. Time. Um, what people get is a compromise, um, <laughs> which maybe is a good thing or not. I'm not sure. So no one's happy is what you're saying? No, oh, no, no. No, no, no I, don't, I, don't, always... I don't think so. Yeah, I'm happy. No, are I'm just you? kidding. Yeah. Can I ask, <laughs> was your, your mum a generous kind of um, educator, a good generous oh. te- teacher? She definitely was. But I didn't actually have that much interest in cooking as a kid. I read. And so... Um, what were you interested in? Reading. I mostly read. Um, I liked riding my bike just around the neighborhood. <laughs> um, I liked make-believe. 
And I liked ice cream. Oh, sweet. But, um... Oh, you're still in love with ice cream. Oh, my God. I still am so in love with ice cream. I love... Yeah. It's my favorite. We were talking about it today. And I was like, I've been on the whole journey. I've gone to the most... We don't have that. Oh, thank you. No, it's all good. I like that this podcast is called Table Manners. And (laughs) And I'm licking my finger. No, me too. And that it's with your mom. And I was like... Are they going to quiz me on my manners? Because I'm pretty bad in some way. Well, <laughs> well, we always, we always are. Do you have good table manners? Um, uh, I can, if need be. If need be. <laughs> uh, what I like about but, watching you, you, I think your table manners are wonderful because you, what appreciation you have for the person that's cooked something. So when you're trying the ingredients, it's like you're so engaged and enthusiastic and... I feel like that's a fabulous table manner. I didn't actually watch. I felt like you were eating perfectly brilliantly. Yeah, I think I mean, I know how to use the stuff, <laughs> yeah. right? I think I, I could do it under like a duress. Yeah. yeah I could. I never had to go in the States. I think it's called, um, there's like cotillion. There's all these things where they teach little young, young, rich white girls yeah. how to do the cut, etiquette, which knife. Yeah. To, yeah. Etiquette classes. And I didn't go to that, but my mom was, we have our own etiquette, like really intense etiquette in Persian culture. So I'm definitely trained, but I think living in Berkeley for 20 years, I've been un, unraveled a little bit. Why, <laughs> are they quite, are they quite We're quite, uh, I mean, it's like the house of, it's like where hippies came from, you yeah. know? And so, um. And even Alice Waters, the wonderful woman yes. who started the restaurant where I learned to cook Chez Panisse, she, uh, I remember, you know, it's a beautiful restaurant with all of the silverware and all of the, like, t- tablecloths and napkins, and you sit down, and someone comes and takes care of you, and you feel very formal. And then I remember the first time I saw Alice, she always eats salad with her fingers, because she just loves to pick up a whole leaf of lettuce and, like, see it and appreciate it. And I was like, oh... Like if Alice Waters eats salad with her fingers, then I can eat salad with my fingers. <laughs> and and I feel yeah, I just I feel like I like touching things with my hands. I mean, I don't put everything in my mouth like a monster, but I do love like feeling yeah. food and using all my senses when I eat. So so do you feel like yeah, that was where you got your most? Did you get more of your training from your mother or from Chez Panisse in the kind of way to cook? Oh, absolutely at the restaurant okay, for fine. sure. Yeah, um, my mom taught us a lot of basic things and I definitely learned how to eat and how yeah. to taste yeah. from my mom but I didn't really have much interest in cooking before I ended up in the in the restaurant as a bu- busser and then it just sort of happened you know that I was in this amazing so environment. So you just decided to go and work in a restaurant because you had nothing to do. You were oh, at Berkeley. Yeah. And so I was so let's set the scene. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up in the 80s and 90s in San Diego. My mom is a great cook. We were an immigrant family. So I we mostly... first generation Yeah. Okay. So I mostly ate at home. And then I ate a lot of delicious Mexican food, sometimes Chinese food and pizza. Mm-hmm. But we were not going out to fancy restaurants. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even really understand that this such a thing as like fancy or world famous restaurants or chefs existed so then i moved to berkeley for university and at my orientation they said oh by the way there's this famous restaurant here that you would probably want to get your parents to take you to but i knew my parents wouldn't take me there it's just not where my family would go is to some like fancy restaurant that costs 90 dollars a person so um it sort of went in one year and out the other and then the next year i fell in love with this like amazing young poet in my poetry class with rosy cheeks. And he was from San Francisco and he, we really spent a lot of our time eating and he showed me all of his favorite places to eat growing up. 
And he had always wanted to eat at Chez Panisse, which by now I sort of understood had some reputation. So we saved $220 over the course of seven months in a shoebox. And we went to eat there. And And it's it's a fixed menu. It's two restaurants in one. And downstairs is the more formal dining room with a fixed menu. We were like, well, if we're only going to go once, let's go for the gold, you know? So we went down there and it was an amazing experience. And the food was good. But for me, I just had never been anywhere that was like where every need was anticipated and you were just so cared for. I felt like I was in someone's house, you know, it was, but the in the best way. Okay. And there's amazing, like, flower, flower arrangements, and you walk in and there's just, like, a pedestal with, like, the most ripest peaches, like, falling mm-hmm. off. And it's just a beautiful sensory temple. Mm-hmm. And I felt that. I understood that. Even if it didn't fit in in any, like, context of my life yeah. before that. And so I just had this feeling like I wanted to be part of this. And the dessert was chocolate souffle. And I had never had chocolate souffle before. And so the, when, when the server brought it, she said, um, would you, do you know how to eat chocolate or how to, have you had souffle before? Do you know how to eat it? Or would you like me to show you what to do? And I said, show me what to do. Well, I, I don't said, know what you're supposed to do. <laughs> I said, just eat it. Have it. A runny middle? it yeah. ha- she said, you poke a hole with yeah. the spoon and you pour this sauce in. Yeah. And it was a raspberry, like coolie, you know? And so you, and that way every bite has sauce. So I did that. And she said, how is it? And I was like, oh, it's really good. But you know what would make it even better? Speaking of manners, I was like, you know what would make it even better? Like it didn't even occur to me that that was so rude oh to God, tell her this. what would make it better. <laughs> what would make it and better? She, and I said cold milk because it's like this warm, you know, here we eat our warm chocolate chip cookies or our brownies with a glass of cold milk. Like that's an American yeah. warm chocolate cold milk. And what did she And say? so she just started laughing and um, she's like, you want milk? And I was 19, you know? <laughs> I, and so she brought me milk and then she brought us each a glass of dessert wine to teach us the refined accompaniment and it was just this very nice gesture Mm -hmm. and so I felt so moved and I wrote a letter asking to work there so I came back a little while later and I said oh like I want to be a busser and um, they said oh you have to bring it to the floor manager like here let's take you to her office so they took me to her office and when she opened the door it was the souffle lady and so she remembered me and I remembered her and also I think she was probably desperate because she was like can you start tomorrow (laughs) and so then So I started the next day and immediately like you're just walking through this restaurant that's it really is like a place that honors beautiful produce and excellent cooking. It treats its cooks like, you know, they're the top of the pyramid there. They're the most honored people. And so I picked up on that. And also I wanted to be a poet. I was a writer. Like I thought I'd graduate college and be a poet. And so it was occurring to me I maybe needed a skill to make some money. So I um, I just was like, oh, I want to be a cook. And so I begged them to teach me how to cook. And it took a lot of begging and resilience because at that time it really was like consistently winning best restaurant in America, best so restaurant in America. Time to kind of yeah, I mean, any, but everyone in the world wanted to work there. So I had to prove myself over time. I mean, I proved myself by not going away. How so, long were you there for? Um, well, between like busing and my apprenticeship and working there, it was about three and a half years. And then um, they Do helped. Did you get paid well? Um, well, I, yeah, I mean, I, during the apprenticeship, I wasn't paid, which is pretty standard. But to me, like, I got an education that was far better than I could have ever and gotten at a culinary school. Already. I finished my degree by then. So I had two jobs where I sort of worked on campus. I worked for one of my former professors. I worked for the old, like, the university newspaper. And then um, 
and then I did this like all the rest of the time, kind of kind of hustling. I'm a hustler. Like I was figuring it out. I was just doing everything I could do. And also I was 20. Like you have all the energy in the world. Mm. And I lived in an apartment that cost, you know, my room cost $300 a month. So like I didn't have a lot of expenses. I just put my head down and worked. And um, it was were your, amazing. Were your parents happy with that? I don't think so, no. Because it's like Otto Lange. <laughs> yeah. They wanted yeah. him to be an academic. Well, he, and he like dropped out of a yeah. graduate program. Same thing where I'd go home and I'd be like, I'm working at a world-class restaurant. I'm learning these amazing skills. And they'd be like, how much are you getting paid? Or like, shouldn't you go to like, and, the, and there were so many comments from different people in my family being like, how about this master's program? How about that PhD? How about, you know, because they also, ambitious for you. yeah. And also being an immigrant Berkeley, family. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Being an immigrant family. Like I think for us, you know, education yeah, it's very and like important. formal education yeah. is the way forward, you know, and it's really hard to think outside of that. I think my parents in a lot of ways still don't really understand what I do or, <laughs> <laughs> or like exactly the breadth of it or you know what it is which now like it's fine now i'm so deep into it i'm doing my thing it's okay but also but... you never lose your education no it's no so it's you, amazing it, you can always fall back on and that. i still go back Aren't so you a professor now no i'm just a teacher no but okay, i go but back you teach it Where not you teach? at the university i give talks and stuff but i i mostly just teach cooking classes but um i the amazing thing about having this world-class university in like my town is that I just am like known for writing to different professors every once in a while and being like, can I come sit in on your class? So every couple of years I'll go take an, I'll just go take an amazing class and you keep learning and you keep figuring out how to, and to me, I'm just like a never end, I've never ending curiosity. So if it's in class, I can learn. And also now I have this amazing job where I'm a journalist. Like I get paid to go ask people questions. I get you paid. you can use your English. Yeah. So <laughs> what happened yeah. to the poet? Yeah, the Rosie Cheats poet. <laughs> oh, he was so sweet. Um, we were young. It was not meant to be. He broke yeah, his yeah. No, he broke mine. But oh. it's uh, <laughs> but it's all good. Like he's he lives in Europe now. He's married. It's all good. Yeah. And has I, he been, I has me, he been in touch about the no? Topics? Surprisingly, like I'm on the site and I'm. Oh, I mean, I never use his name. I don't talk. Yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah. Uh, it's. I I know. I can imagine he's like listening. <laughs> but do it's you, fine if he doesn't. Do you have like time for a relationship? When uh, you're, I feel I, like you're taking over the world at the moment. I mean, I have a great desire for one, yeah. and I can make time for one. I don't really. I feel like I'm a little bit. Um, I, I'm a little bit behind in the dating department. Like I don't know exactly how to do it. I don't really know. I feel very inept in some ways. It's very funny. I feel like I have like very intense and plentiful professional resilience like i'm really willing to sort of ask for anything try and fail try get up and try again go mm. do something i've never done before but personally i feel so insecure like oh. no i just don't so your i'm practicing parents, your parents haven't sorted that out no no <laughs> they don't they're no, they, they, they no, don't no, and i wouldn't want that to happen no <laughs> i thought it was kind maybe of someone cultural, else's yeah. parents maybe you okay okay I'll, yeah. I'll be on the lookout <laughs> okay, for a great. nice cook okay for you. yeah no it can be you, not a cook probably yeah not i a wonder cook. about that yeah somebody who does You're something else. too many cooks in the kitchen yes, yeah, yeah. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. 
underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Do you cook a lot at home? Um, well, I've been traveling so much for the yeah, past couple of years. Yeah. I've kind of fallen out of um, I've fallen out of habit. The nice thing for me is, at least when I come to New York and when I go to LA, which are the two main places I go to, I stay with friends, and so we cook at home. We eat at yeah. home, and I really prefer that to, That's to restaurants. That's exactly what Nigella said. Yeah, yeah. And she, so, she said that she just if she goes a way to say she would she'd just come back from Greece mm-hmm. and she said well best thing is to eat with friends yeah and totally we all cook together it's the best and so I feel you know like the friends I stay with normally have two kids so we make pasta together mm-hmm. and we make bread together are you expected to do the cooking no it's more I, I'm it brings me joy you yeah. know I, I don't it's not it was funny the other day was my birthday and I went over to my friend's house and she was like oh, I'm gonna make you this dish from the show I've really been craving these short ribs so I went over there and she had not put them in the oven early enough. And so <laughs> we have that. Mis- so then, yeah. so then, and I was like, and so she's like, it's going to be 1030 before it's time oh, to yeah. eat. And I was like, I'm tired. I have to go to bed. And so we cooked a, <laughs> and I said, can we just eat frozen pizza? She had frozen pizza. So we just ate that. And then she like had a roast chicken and left. And we made, we made like this amazing thing. And she was like, I can't believe I invited you over and you're making your own birthday dinner. And I was like, it doesn't matter. This is actually fun. It's like digging through the fridge, figuring out what's there, making a little chicken salad, you know, making some green beans. Like, um, it's, I don't care what we eat. You know, it's never about the, the what. It's about the who and what the story is and mm. setting the scene and just coming together. And I love what's that. What's the best meal you cook? What's your, Whoa. yeah, what would be your, Whoa. the one that you're the most right. proud of? It's oh. Jesse's birthday. Okay. And like you're Rosie Cheeks is yeah. coming okay. over. Rosie Cheeks. Oh, new, new, new Rosie Cheeks. New Rosie Cheeks is coming over. <laughs> and you're like, this is how I know how to date. This is my dating. It's like, true, that's it's your, true. That's your weapon, It's right? true, it is my weapon. Sure, currency, so, like, what are you yeah. going to do to... Um, oh, my God. This is stressed. Now I'm stressed. I'm, like, sweating. <laughs> we can come back okay, to this okay. and we can think. No, I think what... Definitely. So, to me, what I feel is the most luxurious is to be fed or get to cook, for, like, on many different um, vegetable side dishes. So, I almost don't even care if, like... I would probably make a yummy like pasta cacio pepe, you know, with like um, cheese yeah, and black yeah. pepper. But then also just like, would you be making your own pasta? For that, I, I think dry pasta is better. And then, okay. yeah, yeah. And then I so would. So what's that cheesy? Cacio Pe- pepe. It's like just cheese and it's pepper It's basically and just oil. cheese and pepper and garlic. It's just like a super Which cheese. cheese well, cacio traditionally is um, pecorino, pecorino, but I also sneak in some Parmesan because I'm. So mean. you just grate it over the, over you, the pasta? Well, there's kind of a crazy, wacky way that you do it where if you do it just exactly right, you. So what I'll do is I'll get the pan warm, but not super duper hot. 
put a little olive oil in, put a, a little bit of garlic and let it just start to sizzle gently, like bloom, and with, with some black peppercorns. And so that's all sort of like getting really aromatic and mm. wonderful. And then the pasta will be done. So I'll bring the pasta over and I'll bring a generous amount of water with the pasta into the oil. And so if I cook it, if you cook it just right, like not too hot, not too cold, that oil and water will start to emulsify. And at that Very point, nice. I start adding handfuls and handfuls of the grated cheese, like really finely grated cheese. She's a and chef. And so then it turns into no, this, like, no. it's like, it's basically macaroni and cheese. It's like Roman macaroni and cheese. But um, if you, you have to do it just right with the right amount of water and at the right temperature, and it gets like super creamy and clings to the thing. And you don't have to add any cream or any butter. It's just cheese, oil, and water. And right. it, it, you're saying peppercorns, but not not um, uh, like whole peppercorns. Oh, like, or, or um, like crushed, you okay. can yeah, add yeah. a mortar and pestle, or like coarse. use the box, quite coarse. I like it pretty coarse, okay. yeah. yeah. So, okay, that's gonna that's be- That's in the book, just so perfect. you know. Yeah, yeah. So that's your yeah. starter. Oh yeah, that's probably, well, yeah, that, oh no. And then at first, I would probably eat like one, well, first, first, <laughs> are we doing the whole thing? Yes, yeah. okay. with drinks. Okay, 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 okay. Do you okay. drink? I do. I mean, not a ton. My parents didn't drink, so it's just not a, it was never my thing. Yeah. But I do like like a glass of like fizzy wine or like a little, I love cocktails that are very sour and bitter. Mm-hmm. Like I love Negronis and stuff. Mm. And so, but I'm not good at making that stuff. So probably I would just have some fizzy wine, some little snacky, like a little pickle, a little nut. A little, like creme fraiche and a smoked salmon on a thing. Yeah, well, like and a crostini. Yeah, like maybe with some like a little bean toast and some good olive oil. It doesn't have to be fancy. Just like something salty to eat, mm-hmm. and then we'll and then we'll oh and then one million salads like a big um, chicory like a radicchio and endive salad. I love Caesar salad. So, um, although maybe on a date you're not supposed to. Whatever. If you're both having garlic and anchovies, you're both having garlic and anchovies. Yeah. Yeah. With like big torn croutons, a big cacio and pepe, and then so many other salads. Like, and what I call salad, I just mean vegetable sides, like roasted vegetables drizzled with salsa verde. Mm. And like we made one in the show that has big crumbles of feta cheese on it and herbs. Because I love cooking vegetables, but I live by myself. And so usually for myself, like I'm not going to make a bunch of different things, mm. you know. And I I take any excuse to make someone. I'll always be like, I'll make something really simple and then make like nine different vegetable <laughs> side dishes. Because going to the farmer's market or there's a really just good produce market around the corner from my house, just to go there and get a whole bunch of stuff and make roasted and grilled and boiled vegetables and drizzle them all and have all the sauces and the cheeses and the crumb. That's like my greatest joy. Do you think the quality of vegetables is good here if you're at the farmer's market? Because we we go to Greece Mm -hmm. and as soon as we get there, the tomatoes taste like real tomatoes. The courgettes, those little baby zucchini we have that are just boiled. Beautiful. But that's Greece, come on. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's not that far from England, but everything tastes so much better. Yeah, well, also because you know this is just like the the less distance food has to travel from Mm. where it was produced the more delicious it's going to be especially produce because almost all produce has innate sugars and those sugars the minute a plant is harvested those sugars start transforming into starches and so here in new york a lot of the produce comes from california a lot of the produce in this whole country comes from california and so that's why it tastes better in California as it's traveled mm. less far. <laughs> and so, and so, trust me, I've thought about it. <laughs> and, uh, and, like, and so, um, 
But it's just, that's why, like, the stuff is better in California, is it's fresher. It's not that it's, like, so much anything. So I do think if you go to the farmer's market here or anywhere, you're getting, because you're getting fresher, more local stuff, it's going to taste better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Dessert. Ice cream, obviously. What flavor? (gasps) And would you buy it in or would you make it? Oh, I would buy it for sure. Homemade (laughs) ice cream, I mean, I appreciate anyone who puts in the effort. But there's something about you can't with a homemade ice cream maker get the texture that I'm we after. We do with one what ice cream. Oh, Alex's uh, my lemon. Brother's, uh, no, but it, it, it isn't the texture. It isn't um, got that elasticity that maybe, but it, no, it has the taste. He, he cooks. He cooks it. He does it with his ice cream maker that he bought with vouchers from his bar mitzvah. Oh. And so we've got the same ice cream maker. I love that. And it's honestly, whenever we give it to anyone, when people you come say, over, okay. we'll make, we'll make the, the lemon, lemon ice cream. Ice cream. Okay. It's the best so ice cream. what is the ice cream of your choice then? Well, it's very inelegant. No, it's, it's Haagen-Dazs coffee ice cream. Oh, my oh, God. I love yeah. Yeah. coffee ice cream. Okay. Yeah. I don't think we get it in we England. We don't get coffee anymore, oh, but no. Haagen-Dazs, I talked The texture of Haagen-Dazs is like the ice cream of my childhood. Ice it's cream. so good. So good. Yeah, I just coffee love Coffee ice cream. Coffee ice cream. I love that. Why don't we have it in England, coffee ice cream? St- they, it was like a limited edition. Yeah. Yeah. We don't Because they it. think you don't like Who coffee. Who wants strawberry cheesecake? Fucking get that off the menu. Yeah, we want coffee. It's my favorite favorite. Hagen does come in, come in, send the coffee ice cream like to England. Oh, I love it! I love it! I love it! I love it! Is that the last? No, that's what you would cook for somebody, or is that your last supper too? Yeah, actually, that's not so different. I would add a roast chicken to my last supper. You know what? No, wait. I I don't know. This is a really hard question. I know. I know. This is a really hard question. There's nothing. I would probably ask like... for Mexican food for my last supper. Oh, really? really? I love Mexican food so that's much. That's from being in San Diego. Yeah, right? yeah. I don't so know. So what you would guys. you have? everything but fish tacos okay which definitely sort of guacamole fish? any sort of fried white fish like okay. just yeah um guacamole okay 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 when we <laughs> when we went to um mexico to film the yeah. show you know production is pretty intense so you're not like eating we were eating the you know we ate a lot of burgers basically but then on the last night we were able to go out and we went to this place that someone told us to go to which was sort of the like taco place of a fancy chef you know it was his like everyday place and he had this taco that was unbelievable it was the best thing i've ever had it was called a pastor negro so in this part of the yucatan there's pastora pastor so al pastor have you do you know the al Al pastor tacos yeah it's slow cooked pork that usually is done on a on a on Uh, a yeah and then um when you order it they'll just cut it off kind of like a gyros like a greek gyros okay it's actually descended from lebanese immigrants who came to mexico with the spit and brought the like the spit with them yeah and so then and turned into al pastor with pork and they put a pineapple on top usually to where that like drips mm. down as it roasts and the pineapple gets all grilly and yummy. So if you're like at a street side place and you ask for El Pastor, I'm always like, get the pineapple too. So the guy will like cut a piece of pineapple That's to good. put it in your taco. So this guy, Roberto Solis at his taco place, Kisin, he makes this thing called Pastor Negro because there's, there's a, there's a sauce called Ricardo Negro. There's like a black sauce. It's not exactly a mole, mm-hmm. But there's a sauce that's traditional to the Yucatan that's black. And it's made by blackening chilies and onions. And you cook everything till it's black and then cook it together and puree it. And it's usually served with turkey and a hard-cooked egg. 
and you make yourself little tacos, which I thought was really extraordinary and interesting, but I wasn't like so excited to eat this like Negro every day, mm-hmm. even though, I mean, it's just, I, it wasn't a taste I grew up with. But then what this chef did was he took this Negro sauce mm-hmm. and he rubbed it all over the pork that then he turned into al pastor. And this was so unbelievably delicious. So we would, we just went there to this taco place and I think this is a pretty typical way to eat tacos, at least in the Yucatan, is like you go to the taco place and you just sit down and you order one taco and a beer. And everyone orders one taco and a beer and then you eat. And then the guy comes back and you order another taco. And you right. just eat for five hours, like one taco at a time, you know? And so like a pin, it was... Like, it's, it's like tap, like how they like do tap, tap Yeah, tap totally. And you just thing. keep yeah. going. And so we ate so many of these black pastor tacos. It was so unbelievably delicious. I just... I never, ever, it never, I, oh, ah, I have to go back. I oh, really? have to go back. So where yeah. is this place? He is in Merida, which is the oh, capital of U- Yucatan. And his place is called Tacos Quisin. His name is Roberto Solis. It was, I, I'm like, if anyone goes to Merida, I'm like, you have to go. And it's in a strip mall. You're like, where is she sending me? It's so I love good. That. Yeah. I want a few more recommendations. Okay, so we're in LA, where do you eat? Ooh, um, I love there's a restaurant called Botanica that's mostly oh, vegetables. That's so good. It's yeah, it's wonderful. It's really good. It's in Silver Lake, yeah. yeah. That's really good. And all not far from there, there's um oh my gosh, what why am I forgetting the name? There's this amazing Taiwanese restaurant. Ooh. Oh my gosh, of course. Okay. Sonora Town, which is, I, I just wrote about them for my column. Sonora Town. It's in LA. It's in downtown LA. Oh. It's, it's, um, they have tacos and burritos, but they're from Sonora, which is a northern region of Mexico, which is more known for their flour tortillas than their corn tortillas. And they make them by hand there. And they're so extraordinarily delicious. And so they have these little tiny, um, they're almost like a, a small burrito called a chivichanga yeah. that's made with stewed meat and cheese that's like all melted together and you eat it. It's just so unbelievably delicious. And the story behind it's really amazing because Tio, who's um, one of the owners and the chef, he grew up sort of on both sides of the border in the U.S. And his mom, both his mom and his dad were um, field workers packing produce in the fields. And so they would have to wake up his mom. And I think his parents split up when he was really young and he has five sisters. So there were six kids living in this trailer and the mom would have to wake up every morning at 3 a.m. to get in order to get to the field Mm -hmm. by sunrise. And so she was was worried that her kids wouldn't have enough to eat. So every morning she'd make like 12 or 18 of these little chivichangas with beef or beans or whatever she had and leave them on the counter. And that was what the kids would eat all day. And so it's this very emotional food for him is these little chivichangas and they're so unbelievably delicious. Oh they're so good. You make me more excited about Mexican food than oh, I mean I I feel like you'd maybe if you're not that excited I don't feel like I don't feel like I've you ever maybe had, don't, yeah. well, we, I we had, had very, excellent excellent oh, Mexican food. Wow, I so feel, I feel so like, sorry for no, you. No, I do too because I went I, I think I was too young when I when I went there for like 6 weeks and we kind of didn't understand it it was like when i was 19 yeah and then we were trying to loom it wasn't that's different though yeah that's different i haven't been there but um mexico city is really an incredible place to visit apart from when you get you get mugged did you get mugged well Um, yeah but like in a very clever (laughs) way he was a tax driver in one of those beetles that i was heard i was told you weren't allowed to go in Uh um because they have uh, numbers on the top of their cars because for the helicopters to chase them so they're wow. like the dodgers yeah. so we just got off the tr- um, p- um, bus from Merida 
And me and my girlfriends had been traveling. We had our backpacks and in those cars, you don't have this seat in the front. So I was like, okay, we'll, we'll put all our bags there because we're right there. And he turned on the Beatles really loud. And they're all relaxed and singing and, along. Um, we're like, nah, 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 nah. And my mate turned to me, she went, you don't get this treatment in a black cab, do you? And I said, no, you don't. And then he was just basically pickpocketing us. The whole time. The whole time. Bags. And it got really loud. And I was like, well, this is like really loud. And I swear our hostel was over there. And then he got ratty and we got to the hostel and we went to like give in things and we were like, hold on, where's, oh, no. where's my camera gone? Where, Did he take on. your passports too? I didn't take our okay, passports, good. but I mean, it was really clever. Yeah. I, I don't know how he did it because we were, I mean, apart from me closing my eyes and singing <laughs> Hey Jude, but it was, yeah. But I really want to eat in Mexico Oh, City. it's incredible. It's such an amazing place. But you haven't put any Iranian food in. Oh, Persian it's true food. on my list. Well, I don't love eating Iranian food out because and my mom actually she's so good and she also so in iran like the most of the time when you go out to a restaurant what you eat is kebab cello kebab so rice and kebabs Mm -hmm. because that's not what people really cook at home and so what we grew up eating when we went out was we would drive to um, irvine to orange county and eat where a lot of iranian restaurants are Mm. so it was about a two-hour drive from our house and we would go there on the weekends to eat like huge piles of rice and beautiful char-grilled meats and stuff. So that's more like what my association with restaurants, Persian restaurants when is. When you make the um, rice with lentils, mm-hmm. do you put the lentils in dry? No, you cook them separately yeah. first and then you put them in. So you put them in with the rice in the rice cooker. Yes, and with, some of them fall the, to the bottom yeah. and some of them stay in the middle. And then with your oil or butter, whatever you're putting in to make the... Do you call it tagli? Tadig, yeah. Tadig. And then, so that you have to cook the lentils first. Yes, you have and to cook them first. And do you ever cook with things like, would you cook with green lentils or... Yeah, you could use green lentils. You could use... I wouldn't use the, like, Indian-style dal, no. you know? But you could use brown or green lentils for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, we are running out of time. So, okay. So um, I just want to say thank you so much for coming over. Thank you. And just talking. And, and tasting. And I love tasting you guys. And being, we love you. So when you come back to London, you come I will, back again. I will, I will, I will. Please, and we will awesome. have you over because you it's been so such a pleasure. Thank oh my you. God, you guys are amazing. Well, Samin Nosrat, so dynamic, so much energy, so positive about everything. I'm like an absolute star and I loved chatting to her. I loved her passion and her excitement for food. I'm going to do that catch your pepe though and wait for the emulsion and stuff. It just felt... Well, I didn't realise if you mixed oil with water and made an emulsion. Well, there you go. Yeah, but you've got to get good pecorino. And she, she didn't mean whole peppercorn, she meant great ground course. pepper. Yeah. But I just, yeah, I loved talking to her. I can't wait to annoy her now that I've got her phone number. Um, I'm going oh, to... Oh, I think she'd love to be your friend. I'm, I'm going to be an eating friend with her. That's yeah. it. She had such the same taste in restaurants in London as me. And... Um, I really just such warmth. Samin, thank you so much for being on. And I really am just so positive that we're going to get so much feedback from this um, episode of people just kind of being like, who is this woman? I need to know her. So go and watch her program on Netflix. Um, It is, I'm going to say it in the wrong order. I know I am. Salt, acid, fuck. 
fucking, what is it? Salt, fat is acid. No, hold on. Salt, fat, acid, heat. Salt, fat, acid, heat. Go and watch it. Fall in love with her and try out some of her recipes. your language was over fucking. You were fucking everything. Was I? Yeah. I wasn't fucking anything, unfortunately. Fucking this and fucking that. Table Manners music you have been enjoying is by Pete Fraser and Peter Duffy. And our dear editor and producer is Alice Williams.